0: Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at windowskansascity.com. Okay, before we wallow in self-pity and loathing on the midterm elections and what we know about what happened on Tuesday, let's just pump the brakes here and take a look at the big picture and the good stuff. And the good stuff is it looks like uh, the GOP has lost nothing, that they will get the House. There's a lot of stuff because of just our bizarre election system where it takes seemingly forever in some places to declare winners or count the votes, but it appears uh, there's a great confidence. The house of representatives is going to be GOP and the Senate looks pretty good too. And we'll get into all that. We will also break down what happened in each state, Kansas, Missouri, here in our area for what we know as of right now. And the big news as of right now, when I'm recording this particular podcast is some media outlets are starting to declare Laura Kelly on Wednesday morning, the winner of another term of governor in the state of Kansas. And there will be a comparison between what happens in governor in Kansas to what's happening with senator in Georgia. And we can sit here and and talk about the runoff in Georgia and how we hate it. Everybody seems to hate it. I think they've got a pretty good system in Georgia. You start getting these third-party candidates in these races, nobody gets 50%. Seems to me that you ought to have 50% to take a a statewide vote, that it should be narrowed down at some point to two candidates where the people of a state give at least 50.1% to somebody and they become the person who wins the election. Laura Kelly, it does not look like, is going to get 50% of the measure in Kansas. But neither is Derek Schmidt and a whopping 31,000 votes are in for third and fourth party candidates. For the governor of Kansas, Dennis Gomer Pyle gets about 20,000 votes. And he ran as an independent, but he's a conservative. He's been running ads. He ran more ads in Kansas City than Derek Schmidt. Dennis Pyle was advertising right and left that I'm the only true conservative in this race. Don't vote for Derek Schmidt. Vote for me. And he got 20,000 votes in a race that at the time of this recording of this podcast, Laura Kelly is winning by 14,000. And they're declaring her the winner. 49 to 48% over Derek Schmidt. A guy named Seth Cordell was a libertarian who actually, I think he won a county where he's from, a small county out in western Kansas, but he won the county which meant in a in a completely red county with with only a couple thousand votes in it, completely red county. Derek Schmidt finished third behind the libertarian, then Kelly, then Schmidt. This was a disaster in how not to run a race in Kansas. It's the one everyone will look at. Look, District Three, Sharice Davids, Pounds, Amanda Atkins, 160,000 votes to 126,000 votes. It's all Johnson County. District Three now is basically Johnson County. Yes, they, they shortened up the number of votes in Wyandotte County, they added some rural counties, but it's not enough. If you looked at the vote totals in those counties they added, it's a very small number of people voting there. Johnson County is flipped, it's a liberal county, it's part of Kansas City. Kansas City at this point is, quite simply, everything inside 435 is Democrat. The Democrats in Kansas City control the 435 loop. And everything inside of it, Johnson County has become part of that. It's over. Johnson County is forever changed. There is nobody winning this district anymore. It, even with the redistricting, it is over. It's closed for business. You can't win Johnson County. You cannot run a more moderate to the middle district campaign as a Republican than Amanda Atkins did and she did not win the district. Now you may not think she's a great candidate. We'd all like her to be more conservative, but would that do it? Is that going to change the Prairie Village women and the way they vote? Probably not. So we've got some really really, really interesting stuff. Let's do this. Let's let me start with let me start with uh, Missouri. Then we'll talk about the national stuff. then I'm going to go to Kansas specifically and what happened. Kansas is mostly red. There's a lot of good in Kansas. It's not getting reported. There's two really bad things, but a lot of good things that happen. But let's start in Missouri, and let's understand that Missouri is the red wave. It is the example of the red wave. It's getting redder and redder and redder. Eric Schmidt wins by 14 points, 56-42. That outdid some of his polling. Our friend Mark Alford in District 4, 71-26. It was a wipeout. Mark Alford is headed for Congress. We're very happy for him. Manuel Cleaver is reelected again. This is a no-brainer. We know what happens in that. District sixty-one thirty-seven over Turk. Sam Graves to our north, terrific uh, congressman from the great state of Missouri, wins 70% to 27%. We love that. Missouri's auditor, the Republican auditor, won as well. That means every statewide office now in the state of Missouri is held by a Republican. It is just like Florida. There was a lot of news and a lot of talk on Tuesday night about Florida, the red wave, how they hold every statewide office for the first time. That is Missouri. Missouri holds every statewide office with Republican. You want to identify with a state in this area? Missouri is it. They've figured it out. They've done it. They've circled the wagons. Their voters in places that are not in the city have, have become mobilized, energized, organized. They've done it all, and they've taken over the state. Good for Missouri. Good for Missouri. Now, there are a lot more people outside of the city in Missouri than there are in Kansas. There's places in Kansas where you can drive a couple of miles without seeing a person. There's not much of that in Missouri. So way to go, Missouri. Excellent work. Their ballot measures, the investment of state funds, the vote is no, pretty significantly. The marijuana vote in Missouri passes, and I, i And I'm, I'm not smart enough to break this down. I do know it was overwhelmingly popular in St. Louis and Kansas City. But I just think there's more and more people to say, look, if you're not harming anybody, knock yourself out, whatever. The police funding measure in Missouri, whopping 63-36. It was a beatdown. Yes, Missourians want more funding for police. And Jackson County Executive, which was a high-profile race in the Kansas City area, Frank White has won, and he's won fairly easily. I never paid much attention to that race or did much on the podcast. I know we have a lot of Jackson County listeners. I didn't pay much attention to that because I just didn't have much hope for it. I didn't, I didn't see it. I I just don't so much of this stuff. It's like, why would I spend a lot of time on, you know, something in, in, uh, district one in Kansas for Congress, when we know it's going to be 70% Republican and it's going to win. So we didn't spend a lot of time on Jackson County executive, but Frank White, very controversial back for another term. So not meaning to turn my eyes, turn and close the book on Missouri that's Missouri. Missouri is, God bless you. God bless you, Missouri voters. That's all I can say. Thank God for Missouri. Pound the gavel, case closed. Missouri is as red as red meat gets. In the United States, as we are recording this, there is a very, very, very strong belief the Republicans will win the House of Representatives. I think some people are looking at maybe like a 15- seat lead. We were maybe expecting somewhere around 40 in a wave. Look, a 15-seat lead is three or four times what the Democrats have had the last two years. That is a good win. Don't discount that. We set the bar too high again. And I'm guilty of this. I sat here for months and said, don't expect, don't expect, don't expect. Don't expect. Stay hungry, stay mobilized, go vote. And I think what happened was, We had in certain places third party candidates wreck things for Republicans. And we had some malaise with Republican voters that didn't show up. I know a couple people I'm close to that left town last week and forgot to vote before they left town. Just gone. There they go. Gone. Oh, can't vote. Eh, it's midterms. Okay. Well, this is what happens when you don't take it as seriously as the people on the left they vote. They vote. They organize and they vote. And they did that. And I think that happened probably in a lot of places. Um, not to you know, discredit or out him or anything. My son Spencer, I, I asked him yesterday, did you vote? He goes, of course. And I was like, okay, when he goes, well, his fiance dropped their ballots off at like six o'clock yesterday, an hour before the deadline. Like really? So those are the, those will be like the last ones counted. Those won't be counted. You, can, you have your vote at home. You decide you're not going to stand in line in Arizona. You're going to do your ballot, and then you go drop it off at the polling place, okay? They have boxes, like, inside the room. You don't have to stand in line. But we're not talking about here at the, at the library in the parking lot. So it's, they feel like it's safe and secure in Arizona the way they do it. But you can fill it out at home, sign it, date it, put it in the box. When the polls close, they empty the boxes. That's it. There's no more dropping in there after 7 o'clock or whatever. Like, okay, so this is how Republicans do it you wait until there's an hour. Look, it looks good in Arizona. We'll break some of the national stuff down in a little bit. Kerry Lake is surging there. Masters is farther behind, but it does look like all of the vote counting now that's coming in with still a third of the vote left is day of and late drops and it's all swinging Republicans. So we'll see how that goes. But I think generally speaking, we had a couple of real problems here. I think we didn't show up in the numbers that we thought There were a lot of people in 2016 that were motivated to go vote for Donald Trump because it was new. It was different. He's an iconic figure. He's larger than life. It felt right. And they did it. Then a lot of those people, even though he got more votes the second time around in 2020, more people voted because so much attention was put on Trump over four years. More people got engaged and voted. And he did get more votes. But a ton of people that voted for Trump the first time didn't vote for him. They're like, no, we don't like this circus act. You know what the biggest story is of these midterms. The biggest story now is, should Trump even run? Because this was not a great night for Donald Trump. It was not a great night for the Dr. Oz gets beat in Pennsylvania. Let's go down where we are nationally. Again, we believe the house is going to be safe. Kevin McCarthy is going to have a smaller margin, but we're going to have the house that will at least stop the spending by Joe Biden for a couple of years. I, you know, They describe it as turning off the spigot. So I like that. That's a good way to describe it. As we speak, GOP has 49 Senate seats. The Democrats have 48. So there are three left. Let's focus on them. And I'm counting Wisconsin as called for Ron Johnson. And I'm counting on Pennsylvania as called for Fetterman. That leaves Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. As I'm recording this on Wednesday morning, Laxalt is pulling away in Nevada. I'm going to give him the win. It may change. I am not saying on this podcast that he has won. I'm going to give him that win. By giving him that win, we've lost nothing, okay? I was thrilled and hopeful if we could get to 53-47. And if we're going to give Nevada to Laxalt and say that's 50-48, to we're probably looking at 52-48. Maybe not. Arizona's tricky. Blake Masters is polling well behind Kerry Lake. He was not a great candidate. Uh, despite all the hype, he was not. He's he's very young, very inexperienced, very quirky, very nerdy. I described to a friend last night in a text exchange, when we saw this. One in 10 white male Republicans is voting for Mark Kelly in Arizona. So Blake Masters had a white guy problem. Not, not that he wasn't going to win the white guy vote, but he wasn't going to win the white guy vote like most Republicans do. And here's why. I can say this as a white guy. You look at the two of them on TV, you hear him speak. Mark Kelly looks like a tough guy. He wears his his NASA jacket. He was an astronaut. He looks like somebody that could be your friend or your neighbor or the guy you want to hang out with. And then you look at Blake Masters, you go, what is this guy? Some techie from Silicon Valley? Who's this nerdy guy? Nerdy young guy. And that was a huge problem for Blake Masters. That doesn't mean he can't win. It's going to take a couple of days in Arizona. If Carrie Lake becomes governor, they're going to change the rules out there, and we'll never have to go through this again in Arizona. They will fix their voting system in Arizona, more like Ohio, more like Florida, more like Kansas and Missouri, where we know the day of, and we don't have all this silliness that's taking place. But there is a chance Masters wins there. It's all all of the voting coming in in Arizona. They've only counted 60-some percent as we're doing this podcast. All of the voting coming in now is overwhelmingly GOP. It's all day of. It's all late drops. It's Spencer's ballot. He went and dropped his at the last minute. I don't know what he asked me. What is it about Republicans? They do this on the day. I said I don't know. They don't trust the mail in. They're not organized. They don't door knock. They don't walk around from one house to another and say, "Let me help you fill your ballot out, and I'll mail it in for you." You know that's that's the the Democrat way. Maybe we need to learn how to do that. We're going to get a runoff in Georgia. There is two percent of the vote. It looks like very close to 2% of the vote in Georgia, is a libertarian candidate. And this is where we draw the comparison in Kansas. Georgia has a runoff law. You have to win 50%. If you assume 85%, 90% of those libertarian votes are going to go for Walker or stay home or whatever, he's going to win this thing in the runoff. It's going to be very close. It's going to be about turnout. Special elections and runoffs are very tricky. But I think we saw with Kemp win Georgia, the governor, very easily. I think in a month's time when they have this runoff the first week of December, I think Herschel Walker will win unless something happens between now and then. I think Laxalt wins in Nevada. He's pulling away as we speak. Some have called it for Ron Johnson. We flipped that one for him. It just looks to me like worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario is it's 50-50. And there's nothing for the Senate to vote on. That is worst case because then we don't get all these hearings. We don't get the investigations. We probably don't get Mitch McConnell out. All of the things that a lot of conservatives and Republicans want, we probably don't get that. But I still believe there is a chance that the GOP gets to 52-48. Maybe that's optimistic. Maybe that's hopeful. I am more than 50% confident it will be 51-49, and that's enough. Yeah, there's some crappy Republican votes out there in the Senate. Mitt Romney, Murkowski, if she pulls off Alaska, we, 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 we got all these, it's, yes, there's problems out there. There's problems in the makeup of the Senate, but the, the Democrats just dealt with that and you find out and you figure out a way. It's, it's the way it works. So the shocker here is Fetterman beat Oz. I don't, I don't even know what to say about the people of Pennsylvania. I, I just don't. Also don't trust elections in Pennsylvania. Oz was not a great candidate. He was endorsed by Trump. That is Trump's worst spot when he's, you know, he's going to announce Tuesday that he's running for president. And I don't think that, you know, the New York post headline on this Wednesday is DeSantis is the future. And I don't think there's any question about it. If you're Ron DeSantis and you got the mandate that you got in Florida, I think you're running for president. And I, I've never thought this. I've not thought this until today. This is the first time it's even entered my mind that DeSantis can beat Trump in the primary. I'm not saying it will happen. Trump has this unbelievable core of people that love him. He's an iconic, larger-than-life figure. He's going to be incredibly difficult to beat in a primary. But I get the feeling DeSantis is going to try. His speech last night made it look like that. He has moved the voters of the state of Florida by doing stuff, not by talking, by making their lives better by not closing their small business, by not locking their kids out of school, by building bridges after a hurricane in three days and opening islands up. The man has been an amazing governor. At some point, politics needs to come down to this. At some point, we need to look at a place like Florida that clearly no longer identifies just as a party and says, I'm going in to vote for a party. They go in and vote for a man that did the damn job and said, this guy's got it right. I don't care what affiliation I have he got it right. I'm reelecting this guy. And that's what Ron DeSantis got. And that's where Florida is. My initial reaction to Florida was, oh my God, in all these places, we're losing these close races. How many people moved from Pennsylvania to Florida over the last two years? You know, what if it was a hundred thousand good Republicans moved from Pennsylvania to Florida? Look how that changes the election map. Okay, Florida becoming a wipeout state is exciting and it's fun, but not if it's taking people away from places we're losing everywhere else. It isn't. It's actually a bad thing. We need some of those people in some of those places. They want to leave New York and California, fine. Illinois, fine. Do we want an exodus now from Kansas and Missouri to Florida and Texas? No. What will be left behind is something you don't recognize and you don't like. So I know this, DeSantis did the job. That's why he won big. He clearly is an excellent chief executive and he would make an excellent president. My gut feeling, instant reaction. I'm not sticking to this. Don't hold me to this. My gut tells me it would be better if Trump stayed out. And we just moved this party forward with Ron DeSantis. That's my gut. That is my gut. We're also talking about guys who are doers. We're talking about conservatives. Josh Hawley and Eric Schmidt in Missouri before the election yesterday are out there giving interviews saying Mitch McConnell's out. We want to find somebody new. They haven't even won the Senate yet, and they're talking about ousting Mitch McConnell. Cart before the horse. I love Josh Hawley. I love Eric Schmidt. Cart before the horse. They haven't won the Senate yet. A little early to talk about ousting Mitch McConnell, but they were doing it on election day. They were so confident of the red wave that they were talking about ousting Mitch McConnell. They were feeling their oats on the conservative side. Let's get, the middle, get rid of the middle ground. Mitch McConnell plays the middle. Kevin McCarthy, who will likely be Speaker of the House, plays the middle. You can hate those guys today. I know a lot of you do. I've got a million emails, and it's going to take me all week to get back to everybody. You can hate those guys all you want, but it's a necessary evil at this point. America's America spoke. They spoke to me. They, they speak constantly that they don't like uh, entrenched far uh, right or far left positions that they don't that that the, the balance of power in this country they want to be a middle ground but boy it is ugly every so often when the presidency the house and the senate are all in the same party it's ugly and we just went through two years of ugliness and america did not punish the democrats much for that this was not a great cycle the Senate cycle is much better coming up in two years. And if we get the presidential candidate right, if we get it right in two years, we can have all three. I just don't think there's any question about that. It can be done. This is not doom and gloom. This was a tough cycle for Republicans in the Senate. In two years, it's the perfect cycle to go build like a 54-46 lead in the Senate. It is. It sets up beautifully. Into They have to defend way more than the Republicans do. It's the perfect setup if you get the right candidate on the presidential ticket, you could sweep the whole thing in two years. For now, the good news is, let's not, you know, I, I've, I never met a coach, a professional sports coach, manager, whatever. I never met one that apologized for winning. So if we're going to win the house, and that's going to be done. Let's not apologize for the margin. Let's just not. Let's just know what we have, move forth, stop the spending, see if we can shut down some of the spending in this stupid war, Stop giving away money. Stop the Green New Deal. Stop the purse strings. Let's reel it in and see if that doesn't make our economy better, stock markets better, make our lives better, tangibly better by stopping the crazing spending and then campaign on that and say, well, we, we shut it off. We shut the spending off. That's where we are right now in the U.S. KKHI is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC, and Excelsior Springs. They've got a $100 rebate right now on four tires. You need new tires? Consider Roberts Robinson and their outstanding service department. I spoke with my friends at Roberts Robinson yesterday on the phone for a little bit, and they love you guys. They just love you. They love it when you come in and you look for a new car. They love it when you call and say, can we build this and have it shipped? And they love it when you use their service department. RobertsRobinson.com is the website. Chevrolet Buick GMC, home of the lifetime warranty. 360 Document Solutions, online at 360DocumentSolutions.com nobody's more into this election than my buddy Mark over 360. I'm just telling you, nobody's more into it. He is a a great American, and this really, really matters to him. It matters to his company. It matters to everything in his life. And if you identify with that, you should call Mark and say, hey, can you come take a look at our business and see if there's something we could do differently to become more profitable and more productive? 913-745-5344, 360documentsolutions.com. Anything, uh, document technology, IT solutions, phone systems, mailers, everything is uh, Mark's business, and it's all complimentary. So give him a shout and hook up with 360documentsolutions.com. Cross Kitchens, KC's feeling like a winner. This is a good Missouri business. Belton, Missouri's finest. Tim Cross and his family. Another great Missouri business, Dr. Bill Bush. North Kansas City Dental, they're feeling good today. Missouri feels great. Congratulations to a couple of our Missouri businesses there. If you're thinking about remodeling, reorganizing, redoing something in your home, consider Cross Kitchens KC online at crosskitchenskc.com. Or next time you're going to the dentist, Dr. Bill Bush is your guy. I saw a uh, great picture on their Facebook page yesterday. He had Isaiah Pacheco, the new running back for the Chiefs in there, improving his smile and dental work, North Kansas City Dental online at nkcdental.com. It is Dr. Bill Bush. A little bit later, I'm going to run through three or four more sponsors and not really talk about them. I'm just going to mention them because we're going to blast through this podcast today. And we'll probably do more a little bit later on as we get more results. But I do want you to be remindful that the sponsors really matter here. They matter to the podcast. They matter to all of us. And they like, think, and believe a lot of the same things you do. And that should be a really good thing when you decide where to do business. A really good thing. All right, let's start with the big one, and and that is some places are calling, some outlets are calling Laura Kelly governor. Again, at the time I started this podcast, she had a 14,000-vote lead over Derek Schmidt. Dennis Pyle, a conservative, ran as an independent and got 20,000 votes and wrecked this thing. Seth Cordell, a libertarian, got another 11,000 votes. That's over 30,000 for those, and Derek Schmidt was down 14. That is the election, folks. That's your governor of Kansas. That's a couple of a-holes, and I'm going to call him that. Dennis Pyle, you suck. Okay? Bite me. Seth Cordell, you suck. Bite me. What the hell are you people thinking? Good for you. If you want to do that in Georgia, go do it, and then we can have a runoff. There is no runoff in Kansas. Nobody's getting 50%. This is no mandate for Laura Kelly. This is a joke. This is an absolute joke. Derek Schmidt blew this. Jerry Moran got 61% of the votes. He ran for Senate in Kansas. He got 61%. That is 13 points more than Derek Schmidt. Anybody want to try to explain that to me? Jerry Moran, United States Senator, 61%, easy win. You haven't even heard about his election because it was never in doubt. So how does the Republican running for governor not win? I mean, this was the worst. This was the single worst campaign anywhere in America by Derek Schmidt. It was absolutely dreadful. If you live in the Kansas City area, have you ever seen him? Could you pick him out of a lineup? Did you see any commercials? Or did you see attack ads on him? Did you see Dennis Pyle out there advertising against him that he's not a true conservative? I am. Don't vote for Schmidt. Vote for me. What? For what reason? So Laura Kelly's your governor who played the middle and people believed it? After all the things she did, Kansans, you should be embarrassed. This is a red state. Everything else went red. Kobach won attorney general. It was close. We'll get into that. School boards, red wave. Ballot initiatives, red wave. Sheriff election, um, both ballot initiatives in Kansas, red wave. Everything in Kansas, red wave. And I take District 3 out of it. We'll get to Amanda Atkins and Sharice Davids in a moment but not Derek Schmidt. On Monday, I was on Chris DeGaulle's show on KCMO. We had this very discussion. We thought this was going to happen because he's run such an absolutely pathetic and horrible campaign, and nobody knows who the hell he is, and he has no personality and no... He would have been a fine governor, but a terrible politician. This was absolutely a disaster for the state of Kansas. Chris DeGaulle nailed exactly why this happened. Derek Schmidt, my theory is they have spent all their time out West. Uh, They've just seeded, as they always do, Johnson County, and they've decided they're just going to try to whip the turnout in the rest of the state because Johnson County will go Democrat. That's always the way it's going to be. And they've just decided Republicans have just decided they're not going to play in Johnson County anymore. That's that's my read. You. Well, I mean, we've got a senator on the on the uh, the ballot here this year and he's going to win easily. Right in Kansas. So that's going to be a slam dunk. So I don't know how I, I see some of these states, like I see a governor leading a race by, you know, Kemp in Georgia by eight or nine points. And yet the Senate race is completely tied or something. I don't know how that works. Who are these voters that go in and say, I'll vote for the governor or the Senator, but not the other one in that party. I don't know who these people are. I've never met anybody like that, but I, I mean, it seems to me, Derek Schmidt should win this thing and it should be rather comfortable. If it's not, we're going to know this. He ran a really bad campaign, and there's too many votes in Johnson County in the Kansas City area to just ignore it. He's going to get his 75% in the rest of Kansas, but you should be here doing something here where all the votes are, where all the people are. Laura Kelly is a terrible governor. I mean, she's just been horrible, and she does not play the middle in any way, shape, or form. And why we don't see one commercial after another about how she locked us down during COVID and, by the way, was wrong about COVID. More importantly, okay, do you want to trust your governor to be wrong again? Johnson County is a problem. It it just is. It's increasingly becoming a problem, and you know why. It's because um, it's a destination for a lot of coastal people. When they move to Kansas City, that's where they all go. That's where the commerce is. That's where the big business is. That's where all the new development is. And so you've got a bunch of blue state refugees that are moving to Johnson County. And I I think that's what's tipping Kansas elections. I really do. It's that simple. Okay, there's Chris DeGaulle and myself on his show on Monday talking about what was happening with Derek Schmidt. And I just just kept asking person after person after person, could you identify Derek Schmidt? Like, we make fun of Biden, you know, for running a race in the basement a couple of years ago and becoming president. That wasn't exactly what this is. I don't think most friends that I have could pick Laura Kelly out of a lineup. They know they don't like her. They know what she did. I... This is a weird, the governor in the state of Kansas is the weirdest thing. It's weird. And it for, for many, many, many years has flipped back and forth between parties while the whole state is red. And I don't understand it. You cannot in a statewide election, ignore Johnson County. You can't do it. And Derek Schmidt said, screw it. I ain't going to Johnson County. I'm going to out him right now. I tried for two weeks to get the man on the podcast. I have the personal cell phone number of his campaign manager, his handler. You know what they finally said? Sunday night, this is how sloppy their campaign was. They they texted me on Saturday and said, hey, Sunday night, if you can make it up, I don't know where they were, Leavenworth or somewhere. If you can make it, he's at a chief's watch party and you can record a short interview with him there and then have it for your podcast. And I said, no can do. Chiefs game is on. KK has issues, does sports too. Chiefs important. (laughs) I don't just willy-nilly leave and go to your, I can't. Sorry, no. How about a phone call on the way there? All I wanted was a phone call for two weeks. Let's get him on here. Let's see if we could just energize a couple thousand more people in Johnson County. You know, see what happens. I don't know what we could have done. Probably wouldn't have swung it. We could have educated more people. Don't go in there pissed off and vote for Dennis Pyle or Seth Cordell. Don't do it. There's no runoff. I, I'm I'm for the runoff. I'm for the runoff. I honest to God, I just th- I think you should have to have fifty point one percent to govern. I just do. I, I I do. I think that I think what Georgia does is right. If Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock both finish at 49%, they should have a runoff. They got 2.5% of Libertarians there. Let's go run it off. What does the state want? Run it off. I am confident. I am confident if Laura Kelly and Derek Schmidt had a runoff in a month, Derek Schmidt would win. I don't think there's any chance that he'd lose. It's like zero. And now we get four more years of lockdown, Laura. This is insane. I mean, this is just such bad politics by Kansas Republicans and in particular the Derek Schmidt campaign. Just awful. This should have been a slam dunk. And by the way, bad candidate. Bad candidate. I, 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 and I've said this before Amanda Atkins isn't the perfect candidate either, but there was no winning that district. District 3 is gone. It's gone. It's gone. District 3 is just all Johnson County. Johnson County, where I live, is gone. I texted a buddy last night. I said, I just built a house in Johnson County. I'm getting worried about living here and my property value. And I I think there was like a stunned reaction from him. like, what? I said, well, think about it. What happens everywhere Democrats get control? Mike Kelly won the the head of the Johnson County Commission. What is he going to do to Johnson County? I'm not talking about Lenexa, where I live. I'm talking about the county I'm in. So let's look at Jackson County. What's life like in Jackson County? what do they do there? What was business like during COVID? What are the problems in Jackson County? And how many of those problems are about to be mirrored in Johnson County? I mean, how does it not happen? I firmly believe this. Wherever the Democrats take over, bad things follow. Property values go down. Income levels go down. Crime goes up. We know what happens. We know what follows. This is a given. This is not there's, we, have, we have decades of history here. This is not a guess. Johnson County is crumbling right before our eyes. It is what they once called the golden ghetto, where so many people in Kansas City aspired to live and had dreams and hopes and values, crumbling, falling apart. There's great pockets of Johnson County that are conservative. I live in one. There's great pockets like that. But the county... And the county laws, and the county rules, I'm telling you, the next time somebody gets a sniffle, they're locking this thing down. They're lock- Johnson County may be the first place in the country to get locked down. Next time somebody catches a cold, it's bad. But Derek Schmidt just conceding it and losing Johnson County by 50,000 votes. Again, when I started the podcast, he was down 14 statewide. He lost Johnson County by over 50,000 votes. This was a horrible campaign, horrible candidate. And I don't think there's anything Amanda Atkins could have done. God bless her. She's tried. She swung hard. She did what she could do. She lost basically 55-43 here, and 2% for other people. Pete Mundo does not have to run naked around Corporate Woods because Amanda Atkins did not lose by 14 points. She's going to lose by 12. He said he would run naked around his offices at Corporate Woods if Amanda Atkins lost by 14. And somebody asked me and I mentioned on the podcast is I ain't making that promise. I I live here. I I ain't making that promise. I know what's happening in my district. I see it. I get it. And it's unbelievable. It's just remarkable that all this has happened, but Pete Mundo is saved there. All right. I mentioned Moran. He won easily. All right. He got 587,000 votes in Kansas. That's remarkable. That's 61%. Chris Kobach wins attorney general. That's good. That's very good for Kansas. 51.2 to 48.8. See what happens when you have two candidates on the ballot. If there was a libertarian in the AG race, Chris Kobach would not have won. So this this completely mirrored the governor's race. Chris Mann ran against Chris Kobach. He was the Democrat. Chris Mann got 472,000 votes. Laura Kelly got 479,000 votes. Kobach, got more than Laura Kelly. There was no third-party candidate. The third-party wrecked Kansas, and Derek Schmidt wrecked Kansas. But this is twice in a row, very close elections that the Republicans lose it. You can't have Libertarians in there running. You can't do it and expect to win. Not going to happen. The Kansas school board is a red wave. It was remarkable what happened with the state of Kansas school board, red wave. The ballot initiatives I mentioned, they both pass. Johnson County chair goes to the Democrat, Mike Kelly, easily, fifty six forty three, And that makes me very, very sad. So the big picture we walk away from all this with is what's next. Let's just assume for this podcast, House is Republican and we get at least 51 senators. What's next? Does Trump claim victory? Do we rally around him? Do we go forward with him? Almost everyone I talk to My my wife gave me a pause last night. I said, "Okay, what are you going to do now? It's a primary, and it's DeSantis against Trump. I know who you're voting for." And she didn't answer. And it was it was you know how you have when you have a good relationship, marriage, whatever you can have, you can have very comfortable silence in your relationship. This was now awkward silence. I said, "I know who you're voting for," and she thought. I wanted her to say Trump. And I said, You're voting for DeSantis. And she said, You're right. How'd you know? I said, I just know. I feel the same way. I'm pretty sure today, if there were a primary and those were the two on the ballot, I would vote DeSantis because I think he'd have a better chance of winning. And I and folks, you gotta you gotta understand this. I just love me some Trump. What he did for us, what he did for the party, what he did for America was great, great. And in a perfect world, he'd win. He'd win the primary, he'd win the presidency, and he would burn Washington to the ground. The deep state would just be torched. That would be incredible. But there's nothing to say DeSantis can't do that. And if DeSantis actually came in and had a majority, this, this could now be a mandate. If Ms. DeSantis came in in 24, and you had the House and the Senate, you would be saying, we have a mandate here to do all these things and go do it. We wouldn't have to endure the impeachment. We wouldn't have to endure all the sideshows. We wouldn't have to endure it. Now, they'll hate him. The media is going to hate him. They'll be all over him. It'll be the same kind of stuff. But uh, it, we, we don't have to make that decision now. We don't. But that is immediately what everybody's going to talk about. And I feel 99.9% sure that on Tuesday, Donald Trump is going to announce that he is running for president. And I don't know how comfortably quickly Ron DeSantis can make that decision and say he's running. I would hope that it would at least be next summer before he did it, that he'd go govern for a while in Florida before he started this. But I'm not positive of that. I don't know that. I think it's going to be a heavyweight battle. I think they're going to go after each other. And I think there is a a philosophy in politics that is very, very similar to sports. I mean, the, the adage is strike while the iron's hot. Look, you can't get any hotter than Ron DeSantis. You cannot get any hotter than that. And sitting back and saying, okay, Trump, you run. And okay, what happens if Trump runs, gets blown out, and now the Republican Party's in the shambles, Democrats have control of everything. Yeah, DeSantis is down there running free Florida, which is great, but no. You, if, you, if you believe it's your time, you got to run. And it doesn't matter who you're running against. You got to go run and let the voters decide. It will not be the end of Ron DeSantis. If he primaries Trump and loses, that will not be the end of Ron DeSantis. It will not. It just won't be. The problem is, what will Trump do to him in that primary? What kind of stupid nicknames? What kind of embarrassing things? How much will he trash Ron DeSantis to bring his numbers down? And if he does, is this finally the place where that doesn't work? Because conservatives love DeSantis too. I'm sure there'd be a lot of polling that says, you better not badmouth that guy because we'll vote for him. I'm sure there's a lot of things that would indicate that. Whether Trump would follow that or not, I simply don't know. A couple of shout outs. I was watching uh, some of the election coverage last night. I saw a television commercial for Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Way to go, Aaron. Looking good on there. We saw you on TV last night and your brother, that was nice. Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Online at AdvantageTPC.com. 913-768-8989. Dot com. 913-768-8989. Make the switch. They also have a wildlife branch. Like if you get squirrels in your attic or birds getting in there, or you think you have a snake or something like that, they have a wildlife division at Advantage Termite and Pest Control. They do it all. If you've got a problem, you hear those squirrels on your roof? Two things with the squirrels on your roof. You better have a Ron Buck check it out. Make sure you don't have a hole up there. And you better call Advantage and get rid of them. And they'll do it. Advantage Pest Control, 913 913- And Dr. Jeremy Fry at Fry Orthodontics, the uh, provider of a beautiful, perfect smile for my daughter, Abby. We had a great experience. It's been many years ago. We had a great experience there. We've known Jeremy for a long time and the great work that they do. If you're looking, if you've decided maybe this is now the time you want to make your smile a little prettier, fix it up, do it. It's Fry Orthodontics, online at fryorthodontics.com. Invisalign or braces, Uh, a lot of of great products and services there. Just wonderful people that make the experience kind of fun. It's not supposed to be fun, but they make it kind of fun. That's part of the business model. 13 locations. First appointment's always free for Thanks to all those great sponsors. And thanks to you for listening to KKHI. We'll probably do an update a little bit later on some of these races. We'll see how it shakes out. So stay tuned for more podcasts coming your way as the elections, no doubt, will drag on for days in certain places. Hang in there, folks. Hang in there. Not all is lost. Don't feel like a loser. Winning the House is good. You couldn't do anything with the White House. You still have a great chance to win the Senate. You take wins any way you can get them. It is that close in the United States today. God bless you. God bless America. Thanks for listening to KKHI.